game day, and welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, September 10th, a date Chiefs fans have had circled on their calendars since the NFL schedules were released. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. All Chiefs today. First, you'll hear from rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He met the media on Tuesday, and if he's uptight about his NFL debut, we didn't hear it in his voice. We cover several topics with Edwards Hilaire, the former LSU star who's projected to do big things in the Andy Reid offense. After a break, you'll hear from the talent on the NFL Network. I asked former Cowboys star wide receiver Michael Irvin what it takes to repeat as a Super Bowl champion. His Cowboys won three Super Bowls in four years in the 1990s. Also, Kurt Warner discusses Patrick Mahomes and what's next for the quarterback who's accomplished so much in such a short amount of time. Warner, who won a Super Bowl with the St. Louis Rams, also sees an area where Mahomes can improve. Broadcaster Rich Eisen speaks to the challenges of visiting teams in stadiums that will have few or no fans. And former 49ers and Lions coach Steve Mariucci talks about competitive advantages in the different environments. Okay, let's get started with Clyde edwards LA. You were known as a speedster in college. What do you think of the, the speed of the program so far? And then a really quick follow-up. Coach Bandemi said fumbles are highest in that first game of the year, and obviously weather might be an element Thursday night as well. What kind of emphasis are coaches putting on ball security this week? Um, well, to answer your first question, the speed of, uh, the, speed of the, the, the NFL is, is something to be unmatched. Uh, this is literally it's the National Football League. It's the, highest, it's the highest that you can possibly go as far as uh, playing professional football. So the speed is going to be as, as, as fast as, you know, uh, each game will be. Um, every game I feel like will be different, but the speed will ultimately be unmatched. Um, as far as um, ball security, as far as week one, uh, Coach Reed and, and, and Coach EB has uh, has howled down on in it. Um, as far as this week and, and, and really putting emphasis on the fact that they know uh, this is the week that, that ball security is, should, should be a, a priority and, and it is every week, but, you know, just knowing that the numbers of week one has always escalated. Um, always been, been emphasis on ball security. Um, week, since I've, since I've been playing football, it's, it's, it's my job as far as a running back to protect the football. Um, and our job as an offense to protect the football. So we're going out there and protect the football and hold it high and tight and secure it. Let's go to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair. Clyde, I'm just wondering if, if Coach Bienemy or any of the other coaches or teammates uh, have mentioned to you what happened the last time the Chiefs started a rookie running back in an opening game. No, uh, sir. I have not been reminded. So you don't know about the Kareem Hunt game a couple of years ago, three years ago in New England? No, sir. I don't. Okay. Hey, do you, do you have any first-game goals for yourself? Uh, my, I'm, as far as my, my goals go out, to go out and, and execute and do my job as far as my one eleven. Uh, I know that I, as far as the game plan, the details that's that's in for the the halfback. I'm going to hound on hound on in on it. Uh, as far as uh, studying, study as much as I possibly can and, and prepare as much as I can up until game time and go out go out there and do my job on Thursday. Let's go to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, what's going on? What's up? How you doing? I'm good. Uh, I'm curious, um, what would that first snap be like for you on Thursday night? I know some athletes you know, like to use the technique of closing their eyes and simulating a game-like situation. Have you done that at all and, and thought about what that first one would be like? Oh, no. Uh, 
I haven't as far as the, the first snap. Don't even know uh, as far as the first play. Still still kind of doing some things throughout this game week. Um, everything's not finalized until until ultimately we, we close everything up. And this is, you know, ultimately we know the game plan. So as far as as far as visualizing and ultimately my first snap, I'm gonna be nervous. Uh, that's just that's just what it is. It's uh that that goes to show that that I'm a human and and this is my first NFL game. I really don't know what to expect. Uh, you know, it's a 22 percent of the fans are going to be there, so it's not gonna be a full. So everything is kind of up in the air for everybody. So ultimately, my job is to you know put my helmet on and and whenever they call a play, do my job. Let's go to Adam Tyshe. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Clyde, um, the last real football game you played in was for the national championship. So I'm just curious what your your emotions are, what your uh, – you talked a little bit about maybe being a little nervous on the first play. Just what, what – can you compare this situation to that one as far as that goes? Um, as far as comparing it, I, I really don't want to compare the two just because it's two different – it's two different levels, uh, two different – I don't want to say two different mindsets, but ultimately – um, I mean, I have to go in with a different mindset. This is this is not a, the college football national championship game. This is the the opening game of my of my NFL season and NFL uh, career. So ultimately, I'm coming in with with not necessarily an open book, but knowing what I do best and knowing why I'm here and going out there and do that. Go to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Clyde. So you talked about your goals, but. On Thursday night, you're realizing a lifelong dream. You've been working your whole life to do this. You'll be on a professional football field playing football. What's it going to mean to you to be playing uh, for the Chiefs out there on Thursday night? Um, it's literally going to mean the world. It's going to mean um, every every everyone who who has who has had their hand in the in the in the Clyde pot, which is not which has not been a lot growing up. Uh, you know, just being from Baton Rouge and and just understanding just the circumstance of of coming out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's a uh, for me, you know, it's, it's going to be important, but before the people that's around me that supported me the most and ultimately got me through just, you know, the, the hardships of growing up where I grew up and uh, grew up at, uh, ultimately, it's, I'm doing it for them. Uh, and, you know, personally, you can say you're doing it for yourself, but ultimately it's, it's, it's the connections and, and everything that you make uh, coming up in this in this uh, profession. So ultimately, I just I just want to make those people happy. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. It could be just because of the circumstances of this year, but it, it just seems like both locally and nationally, you have one of the most highly anticipated debuts of all time. How have you been able to handle really just a lot of this noise and hype going into what people are, are looking forward to watching in your game? Um, you know, I, I really don't be on Twitter or Instagram. I, I like as far as, as far as fantasy and, and just being online and just social media and everything, I'm really not big on it. So, I really don't see a lot of it. I come to practice every day, uh, come to work, look at my stuff at night and come and do my job. Ultimately, I'm just, I'm just doing what I've been doing my whole life. So I don't, I don't look into, you know, just the, those little, those little things as far as, you know, this is what everybody's expecting. You know, I, I know what I expect for myself. I know what they expect for me at this organization. And that's what I'm, uh, I'm here to do what I need to do. Let's go to Seren Petra. Go ahead, Seren. Try that. You got it? Yeah, right. got you. All right. Thanks, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clyde, I'm curious. Uh, have any of the vets, I know you mentioned the coaches a little bit talking to you, but is there any veteran combined giving you some advice, like who that is and, 
and what that advice is uh, for the first game. And then secondarily, I, I know you're focused on this game and that's, that's where everything is. And you mentioned about the social media, but also going on right now, there are like a lot of running backs getting contracts, right? Alvin Kamara's in the news. Joe Mixon's getting it. I know you'd like to be there one day. Does that creep in or, or, or do you, are you paying attention to that while this is going on? Um, as far as me paying attention to, to other guys and, and their, what they have going on in their life, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not paying attention to it. I, I mean, I was in camp, right, uh, guys getting, you know, contract consistent, everything else, and I'm learning a playbook. So I'm not, I'm, I really, I'm not worried about every, everything else going on over the course of the league. I mean, I've, I only been here probably right at about officially, uh, here probably right at about a month and a half, two months. So, uh, as far as looking at everybody else's uh, numbers, and I'm, I really wasn't concerned about it. Uh, first question, could you repeat it? I didn't. I, uh, uh, just any of the veterans, has there been a, a veteran that's come by and given you some good advice about how it's going to change, uh, you know, pros, college? They always said, normally they tell you preseason's faster than, you know, college, and then it gets even faster and then faster in, in, in the playoffs. I'm just curious if, you know, you kind of had to skip that step. Is there any advice anyone's given you? Um, if I if I told you them like the all the advice I've given will be we'll be sitting here all day. I mean I talked to talk to Pat, talk to Daryl, talk to Sherm, I talked to D Train, uh, guys on defense. I talked to Tyron a lot as far as some of the things that he sees, uh, the whole linebacker core as far as what they see in, in my rank game. Talked to Chris Jones, some of the things that he sees from the from a defensive uh line standpoint and the things that they see from, from me. Talked to Frank Clark. I mean it's as far as anything that I can get from everybody else that's that's pretty much going against me or can see the things that I'm doing, tendencies or anything, I try to I try to get those outside perspectives so so I can kind of mold my game into into different little, you know, nuances and, and, and have people uh second guess all the things that I do. So ultimately I've just been kind of getting a little nicks and knacks from it from everybody in the organization. Looks like we've got time for a couple more guys. Let's go Matt and then Karen to close out. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Clyde. I was wondering if you could take us back to your first game at LSU and the feelings that you were going through that day, what was going through your mind, what stands out to you about that day? Um, ultimately, my first game at LSU, I was playing in New Orleans. Uh, I was playing BYU my my freshman year. It was 2017. Um, I mean, I was, I was really just kind of just kind of just floating. I was behind two guys. That were, I was behind Darrell Williams and, and Darius Geis, uh, also Nick Brosette. So I was just, I was really just hoping that that I could get some, get some, turn, get some spins during that game. Uh, ended up getting some late in the fourth quarter. So kind of got the jitters out. But but ultimately, uh, you know, nervousness. You know, two two different ballparks. Uh, this is this is the NFL. That was. That was college. Uh, ultimately, I wasn't even going in to start that my freshman uh, first game, but so I'm ready to I'm ready to do this on Thursday. Let's go to Karen. Close it out. Go ahead, Miss Karen. Hey, Clyde, just two things. One, you're going to be facing Houston, a team that really is upset. They were up 24 points in the playoffs and then lost to the Chiefs, led by JJ Watt, one of the best defensive players in the league. Is it exciting to be facing Houston? your first time out on the field for the Chiefs. And then the second is just, you know, Arrowhead's the loudest stadium in the league when they have people. Is there a little disappointment that you're not going to feel that in the first game because there's just 22% of the fans? So 
the first question about J.J. Watt and their defense and the second about not hearing the loudest stadium when you take the field. Yes, ma'am. So as far as uh, as far as the first question, going against going against Houston for the first game is, is ultimately, I mean, competition is competition. And, and as far as uh, us being the defending, defending uh, world champions, I mean, we, we're, we're looking forward. We're looking forward to, to any competition that we can possibly get. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I grew up literally watching J.J. Watt on TV and playing against him on a video game and everything else. So, you know, all this, the, the whole NFL thing right now is still is still kind of, you know, crazy to me. But ultimately, it's a reality. Um, and then lastly, as far as um, the, the capacity of the stadium and, and understanding Chiefs Kingdom and, and how loud the stadium will be, um, I've never been to the stadium with the, with the full crowd. So, um, you know, it's going to be a little weird with it not being uh, 100% filled. But ultimately, this would be my um, this would be my first time in the stadium with 22%. So as loud as it can, it, it will get, that's the loudest that I would have ever heard it. So ultimately, it's still, everything will be fresh and new to me. Uh, for some of those other vet guys, uh, it'll be a little different to them. But for me, it's, I'm, I'm still going to be in the moment. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, one for Michael and one for Kurt. Michael is a... Uh, as a player who uh, was on a team that repeated Super Bowl champions, um, I'm just wondering how important the the Chiefs seem to do a good job in the offseason of locking up their their star players, but the importance of locker room culture when it comes to repeating. And then for Kurt, I wanted to ask him, what's the next frontier for Patrick Mahomes after he's accomplished so much and signed the big contract by age 24? Uh, I, 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 you must have I guess you missed the show because I talked about this last night as as an architect of many dynasties since I've set my feet on many dynasties. You know, at St. Thomas High School, uh, that was a dynasty, the University of Miami before we built that thing up in Dallas. Blair, I, I, we're running late. That was the wrong question to ask. Okay. <laughs> for another 30 minutes. Oh, man. Hey, Al knows about that St. Thomas dynasty. That was the one they were best with me on. But, but honestly, I said yesterday, they have, I think, the four main ingredients in it. First, of course, of course you got to have talent, and then you got to have a great system that fits that talent. They certainly have the talent and a great system that fits the talent and a culture, a culture of winning that Andy Reid and, and those guys have, have gotten to where everything is about winning. And the fourth thing I think, was, which I consider to be the biggest thing, a desired connectivity. Everybody here 
wants to be here, wants to play together, and they want to leave their mark on history. And when you see guys start giving back money and you see quarterbacks, you see Patrick Mahomes making friendly deals like that, it perpetuates that in the locker room. We've talked for years about how Tom, Tom Brady has made those uh, uh, commitments and, and has taken less so so that so he can put more around him. You know, they didn't really put more around him. Patrick Mahomes has more around him. So, so absolutely, man, they, they are in a great place. Now, what they will learn, and, and Kurt, you, Kurt, but what they will learn is everybody they played last season, I don't care if it was the worst team in the league, watch the level that they play, watch the level that they raise their game, because now this is the measuring stick for everybody, everybody. And, and they'll go through seasons where teams are, that are winning one or two games, but if they can beat Kansas City, it gives hope for the future, and they better be ready for that, because that is coming. In the second part, what, what, what's the future? What's the next frontier for, for Patrick Mahomes? I mean, I don't know if any of us know. I mean, I, I said, you know, when he signed his huge contract, that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to play one bit better over the next 10 years. If he simply does what he's done over these first three years for another 10 years, we'll be talking about him as one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played our game. And I think we're all sitting here going, well, we know this can't be it, right? I mean, you don't hit at 24, 25 years old. You don't hit your peak. I mean, you haven't done everything that you can do. And so I think we're all sitting back in awe going, okay, what is the next phase of this? But if I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes, what I'm saying is he's got the whole package. And uh, I think he's got a great attitude. He's humble. Uh, and he wants to be better. And so if there's one thing that I'm looking for from Patrick Mahomes – is consistency in the pocket. Now, I know he can do crazy things uh, with his arm and make up for a lot of things, but if he can fine-tune his technique, which is always a hard thing to do for a guy that's extremely talented because they don't necessarily have to do it, but if he can fine-tune his technique and get more consistent with his feet, um, it's really going to be fun to see the level of consistency that he plays with. And so... I know you watched it in the playoffs last year. He was great down the stretch in every one of those playoff games. He didn't necessarily play great in all of the playoff games, and the Super Bowl is a great indication. For three quarters, he didn't play his best football. But he's got the ability in one quarter to wow us to the point that, you know, we're sitting back going, oh, my gosh, that was that was incredible. And so now if he can get consistent and do this quarter in, quarter out, game in, get game out, I really don't know what the future looks like. I mean, I'm excited to watch it because he is, you know, he's done so much, he's so talented, and he's got such a complete way of playing the game. It's not just the physical things that I know we fall in love with. But when I watch film, his creativity in which he can take a play from Andy Reid and see all the different ways that it may develop, and then having the ability to make the throws that connect to that, that is a rare gift. That is a rare skill that very few guys can do. And so putting all things together, we've got a chance to see, you know, and again, I, I'm always afraid to say the greatest because to top what Tom Brady has done would have to be phenomenal. But with what I've seen early in his career, I think he's got the potential 
to to push that envelope and to be considered one of the greatest that we've ever seen play this game. Just week one in general um, is going to be unlike uh, a week we've ever seen. And I'm not just saying because Green Bay's never opened in Minnesota to open a season. It's the first time that's ever happened. Vice versa has happened before. But I'm just talking about there are 16 road teams this this weekend. Uh, right now, the Texans are probably going through something they've never gone through before, some sort of COVID protocol, getting on a plane and getting into a hotel room. And I'm assuming an advanced scout has figured out where they've got to go in Arrowhead. It's going to be an out-of-body experience for everybody who's on the road this weekend to figure out what's going on and where to go and how to get their head screwed on straight. And then both of the teams that you're referring to are going to be playing their first downs of football since the San Francisco 49ers eliminated them both back in January. And then there's just the aspect of playing in a stadium that's empty and playing a game that they've played since childhood, but never in a manner like this. Also at the same time that everybody's going to start to get used to everything from not just play calling and playing in this, but also refereeing for referees that are trying to figure out what the rules of emphasis are and how everything is moving forward uh, and players adjusting at the same time. I have no idea what week one's going to look like, and I don't think anybody does either. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, Courtney. Next question will, become, will come from Therese Paler with Yahoo Sports. Therese, you may ask your question. Hey, guys. Thanks for doing this. Um, quick question for the cast here. Um, it's former NFL players, NFL coaches. How do you guys anticipate teams taking advantage of the lack of fans from a strategic standpoint? Like, I know they're going to pump in some sound, but do you think it would be easier for other teams to pick up opponents' lingo? And how do you think um, you might see that play out after we get a week of football in our belt? So how do you think we can see that play out in week two? Hmm. You know, you're right. Um, when when you prepare for a quarterback, let's say we're a defensive line. When you prepare for a quarterback, you understand what his cadence is. Most quarterbacks use the same darn cadence most every snap, okay? Um, whether they're on one, two, or three, you understand what they're saying and you can anticipate. You can hear audibles. You can hear communication line calls. You can hear defensive line calls. Every, everything you can hear, you know, here goes somebody in motion and the defense is checked to cover two or whatever their, whatever their code might be. But that you're, that's a good point you're making, Therese, because it's all going to be heard by the opponent. There's no more secrets unless you have some, uh, some code words that mean something different. And that, that in itself is going to be a huge change because crowd noise in football is, is, probably the biggest factor of any sport that we play the crowd noise in football is such an advantage because it's such a communicative sport and so now we don't have that it's going to be interesting to see how this crowd noise gets pumped into it we we have and we have guessed that some stadiums have pumped crowd noise in in before over the years we yeah yeah we have and um and so they're just going to just keep the same old system. I don't know. If it's going to be kind of fun to watch. But you mentioned it, Rich. Just think, these players are going to be playing in front of fewer fans than they did in the pros, fewer fans than they did in college, even though it is small college, fewer fans than high school, fewer fans than when they were in youth football. There will be fewer fans. There's like, there is everybody. It's going to be different. That'll do it for today. 
Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one. $30 for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes the Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There's more than 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details can be, a fa- can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.